story in uh, this unique way. I want to bring, just for a few moments, a message entitled, The Light of Christmas. The Light of Christmas. If we'll turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter number 2, Luke chapter number 2. We know in Matthew 1 and verse 78, Zacharias gave a prophecy after his son, John the Baptist, was born. He referred to the Messiah, the Christ child, who would be born just six months later. He referred to him in Matthew 1 and verse 78 as Dayspring. We spent some time a few weeks ago in our Sunday school series looking at this prophecy of Dayspring. The coming of Jesus, the Messiah, is like the dawning of a new day, a day like none other. In John 8, in verse number 12, Jesus would refer to himself as the light of the world. I talk sometimes about the sun rises and the sun sets here in Indiana. I think we have some of the most beautiful sunrises and sunsets in all the world. I know that there are beaches and there are mountains and there are beautiful places. I've been over in Africa and I've seen some beautiful sunsets over the, uh, the land and looking out uh, over the horizon. But Indiana has some beautiful sunrises, some beautiful sunsets. We have the privilege of living kind of up the hill from the river valley and we can look out over, especially in the evening, and we can see all the colors of a beautiful sunset. In the morning, now I'm the morning person around our house, so many of the people in our house miss some beautiful sunrises. But there is an area looking out the side of our house, looking east where the sun peeks through, and it is a beautiful thing to behold. Well, when Jesus Christ was born, laid in a manger there in Bethlehem, there was the dawning of a new day. The light of the world had entered into the world as the God-man, born of a virgin, laid in that manger, in that stable, laid there where the animals were feeding, where the animals were kept, because it was a feast day, and there were people coming, obviously, with the census and the registration. Caesar Augustus had called for this census, and there were people coming, and they were putting their animals, and they were needing a place to keep them because they didn't have planes and trains and automobiles like we do today. They were traveling by foot, by horseback, by donkey, by camel. And they would take their animals and put them in that little stable and keep them there while they stayed in a nice, well, probably not nice by our comparison, in our nice hotels and motels, but they would stay in a nice room, at least probably by their standards, a decent place to to spend the night, the animals would be in the stable, and because there was no room for them in the inn, Jesus was born. And basically, a little barn, a little stable, and his first bed was a feeding trough, a manger. And he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, possibly the claws that were used even to help take care of the animals there. When our children were born, they, they were born in nice hospitals with all the amenities. They were taken to nice nurseries and they were put in nice warm areas and they were kept carefully and then we brought them home, put them in a nice crib. And Not that Joseph and Mary were in any way derelict parents. In no way were they irresponsible parents. They were just ordinary, normal people, relatively poor really for their day. 
That was all they could afford. They had traveled 80 miles from Nazareth down to the city of David, Bethlehem, had gone up the mountain to Jerusalem, down to Bethlehem. It had been a long journey, 80 miles on foot, donkey back, camelback, horseback, and she was great with child. I remember Kelly was pregnant with Emily, our, our oldest, in the summer of 2003. And we were taking different trips, and the doctor was saying, you don't need to travel any further than this, past any of this date. And then it was a hot summer, humid, and all of the aches and pains that come with a, a pregnancy. Mary traveled 80 miles on foot, on a donkey, over the rough terrain, down into the little town of Bethlehem, and they got there, and there was no room for them in the inn. Go to a stable, and there she delivers the Christ child. A humble birth, laid him in a feeding trough in the manger, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and there the Christ child was born. Born to die. To die upon Calvary for you and for me. As, 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 as humble and as so seemingly insignificant that day was in all of human history to the, the people at least that were there. There were some, of course, who were awaiting for the Messiah. There were some who heard the announcement as we were just read to by our scripture readers about the shepherds. And, of course, the angel had announced to several, even prior to Jesus' birth, but there was a king named Herod who the wise men came to and he didn't know anything about this Jesus. He was afraid of this Jesus. He was even going to try to kill this Jesus. There were some who already in rejection of the light of Christmas, the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the light of the world, Jesus Christ, there were some already that day rejecting the light that had already been revealed. And as they were given the special announcement by the wise men, King Herod in a jealous rage would then try to kill all the male children two years of age and younger and try to snuff out that light. Where are we at today? I hope that we are like the shepherds. I hope that we are like Mary and Joseph. I hope that we are like Simeon, like Elizabeth. I hope that we are like the wise men. And the saying goes, and it's true, that wise men still seek him. When we're in a dark place, we look for the light. You may have a place around your house where you need a flashlight. You have your phone. You call out to Siri or to, to Surrey or to Google or whoever your phone or device is operated by and you call out for that flashlight to turn on and you go and you search wherever it is and you make your way through so you don't stub a toe or bang a knee or trip and fall. How important light is. Our eyes are drawn to the light in a dark place. In a dark world... Our eyes must be drawn to the light of Jesus Christ, the light of Christmas. And in Luke chapter number 2, we see, first of all, the revelation of that light. The revelation of that light, verse number 8 of Luke 2. And there were in the, same, in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. 
And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Can you imagine the shining light that night of those angels? As the announcement is made of the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, it reminds us of John chapter number one as well. Where John, in his gospel, though not in the detail of the nativity scene, like in Matthew and in Luke, in John chapter number one, we also see the revelation of this light, the light of Jesus Christ. Revelation, excuse me, John chapter one The revelation of the light of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. There's Christ, Creator, Deity. Christ is God, Creator. Verse 4, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. We all have the responsibility to turn to the light of Jesus Christ. Revealed. The light revealed. The light of Christ The light of God himself revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. And we all have a responsibility to turn to that light. We read right there, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Verse number seven of John one, that all men through him might believe. We all will be held accountable one day for how we responded to the light revealed In the person of Jesus Christ. John 8 and verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them saying. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. But shall have the light of life. Do you have the light of life this morning? Have you turned to the light? Found only in Jesus Christ. The revelation of that light. Secondly, we see the results of that light. Again, in John 8 and verse number 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. We were studying and we we homeschool our, our, our two children that are still at home. We have two in college. We have two at home and we homeschool. And we were going through a science lesson. And I love this kind of stuff. I know that. Um, some people get bored with this kind of thing, but I love the, the way in which God created the sun to bring the light and the energy of that light to start the process of photosynthesis so that the leaves turn green and the fruit is born and we can enjoy all of the blessings and the foods and all that grows and then that provides food for the animals so that we can have our steak and our hamburgers And then those plants in turn, they release the oxygen that we need to breathe. In the meantime, they take the carbon dioxide that we breathe out. What a wonderful system that God created in his perfect plan, in his perfect order. And it all works in sync so that we can live 
And if one part of that goes out of order, we don't live. God put it all together and he holds it all together. By him, all things consist. And that light that is life for plants and for animals, for us, is a far greater light than just physical life. He is the light of the world that brings spiritual life. That's the result of the light. Spiritual light, spiritual life, the light of life. 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses, cleanses us from all sin. See, this light, it has a disinfecting property to it. Doesn't light disinfect? But spiritually speaking, what do we need to be purged from? Our sin. We have a problem, all of us do. It's called sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We need the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. We need the light of the world, Jesus Christ. We need the light of life to shine in our hearts, to purge us of our sin. But that purging only comes upon our response in repentance and faith to this light. 1 Peter 2 and verse 9, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. God is calling, he's calling us out of this darkness, the darkness of our sin, the oppressive darkness of our sin. He's calling out, be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. Come unto me, all ye that, are, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's shining his lights upon us. What's the response? What's the result? Have you come to him? Have you turned to the light? Have you received him? Have you confessed your sin, allowed the holy, radiant light of the pure Son of God to shine on your heart, to expose your sin, so that in turn, in saving faith, as you turn from that sin, you can follow the light of Jesus Christ and be saved, gloriously saved, as you place your faith and trust in him and his finished work on the cross? One commentator put it this way, Jesus Christ alone brings the light of salvation to a sin-cursed world. To the darkness of falsehood, he is the light of truth. To the darkness of ignorance, he is the light of wisdom. To the darkness of sin, he is the light of holiness. To the darkness of sorrow, he is the light of joy. To the darkness of death, he is the light of life. The revelation of the light, the result of the light, and then finally we see the response to the light. We've talked about the shepherds. The light, the message, the announcement of the birth of the Savior, what was the shepherd's response to the light? They followed the light, they went to Christ, and they worshiped. What about the wise men? The wise men, they saw the light, the star in the sky shining, and they went, and then they worshiped. How about us? How do we respond to the light of Jesus Christ? Do we respond in saving faith? What about us as believers? We're busy this season. 
That list, it just seems like it's a mile long. Got to get this gift. I got to go here. And then there's all the day-to-day stuff of life that still has to happen, right? And then you go, and if you're like me, I'm a procrastinator when it comes to Christmas gifts. I get in trouble every year. And I love to shop by the internet because I don't like standing in lines. I don't like, I just, I, I'm not a big shopping person. I just don't enjoy shopping all that much. If I can click it and ship it, that's so much better. <laughs> but you know how it is. You got to click it by a certain date or it won't get shipped. And, and then there's the delays. And so procrastination for shopping, for Christmas shopping. It can get us in trouble, and it can cause extra stress. And then we've got all the things that are going on and the busyness of life. And we can get so wrapped up in all of that and get so stressed out and have so much on our minds and so much going on in our lives that we can ignore the light of Jesus Christ. And we're trying to run our lives by a little nightlight in the corner that gives just enough light so we don't trip and fall on our way to the bathroom in the middle of the night or when we get up in the morning to go throughout our day. And we as believers sometimes, we're trying to run our lives by a little bit of light. We don't, we're not faithful to church. We're not faithful in our Bible study and prayer. We're not faithful in being around the people of God. And we're, our light is all fogged up, like what we experienced this morning, maybe driving in. And we're driving through a fog of life and we can't figure out why everything is just so disorganized and life is so stressed and there's so little that I can feel like I actually know and understand and can do. And maybe God is trying to get our attention and draw our attention once again to the light of Jesus Christ. And we need to stop and we need to bow and we need to worship and we need to get our priorities right. We need to get our eyes on the Lord and we need to seek him like the shepherds and the wise men. We need the word of God, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Psalm 119 and 105 and like Proverbs 4 verses 18 and 19. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Maybe the message to you today is that you're stumbling through life with no light and you need to look to Jesus, the light of the world, and be saved. Daniel 12 and verse 3, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. A prophetic passage, but it speaks of the truly wise. The truly wise are those who have looked to Christ for their salvation, who have come to the light. They are the truly wise, and they will shine as the brightness of the firmament. And then our responsibility as believers is to also to turn many to righteousness, to evangelize, to share the gospel. And there will be others who will join us on that glorious day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Revelation of the light, the result of the light, and the response to the light. What is our response to the light today? I hope it is like the wise men, the shepherds, like a Simeon, an Elizabeth, an Anna, a Joseph, a Mary. Hope that we bow and that we worship. This is a psalm, a prophecy of the crucifixion. 
the day of Christ conquering sin and death in the grave. But Psalm 118 in verse 24, I close with this. This, this is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Every day is the day the Lord hath made. Specifically, the day of crucifixion when Christ finished that work of redemption on the cross, paid the penalty for our sin, and then three days later rose again. But this can be the day of your salvation. When you receive Christ's unspeakable, indescribable, hard to put into words, his indescribable, his unspeakable gift, today can be your day of salvation. What a great Christmas gift. The greatest Christmas gift you could ever have is to receive Christ as your Savior. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The revelation of the light, the result of the light, and the response to the light. I hope that our response is in true saving faith and in obedience and faithfulness to the word of